I'm being very much authentically who I am, you know, on my show, who I am with my family, is who I am with my friends, I'm myself. Yeah. And the right people are gonna connect with that. But that is scary as hell. Like to tell people to be yourself and like people to actually do it. Because in our minds we're like, I'm weird. Like I'm really weird. You don't understand. People will not like this level of weirdness, but they will. Like the right people will connect with it. Hello and welcome to the EverCoach podcast, the online destination for a coach that wants to create a positive impact in the world and make good money along the way. I'm your host, Ajit Nawalka, and every week I'll bring you the world's best thinkers, coaches, trainers, to share some of their best ideas to solve real client problems, live a prosperous life, and be an even better version of ourselves. Today, my guest is Sean Stevenson from the Model Health Show podcast. Sean is a juggernaut when it comes to sharing some solid advice every week after week in how to elevate your health and live an even better life. Sean is also a magnificent entrepreneur that I've been so impressed by his journey that I really thought he would be one of the top few people that I wanted to bring to the Evercoach podcast straight away. He's a pioneer in health. He has written multiple best-selling books. He runs a podcast that has over 50 million downloads. He is just a smart, smart health coach and a smart cookie overall. So today I wanted to bring him on and work with him and have a dialogue with him about something that's very, very pivotal for an entrepreneur's success, especially in the world that we live in right now. You see, there is so much opportunity. There's so much that you can potentially do at any given time that as an entrepreneur, you're always wondering, what is it that I could do that would actually work? And Sean gives some amazing advice. Uh, he's been somebody who's a master of, of focus and making something really, really, really good. And in this particular episode, we talk about how he made his podcast the big winner and how that actually helped him create everything that was around him. He also will give you some solid advice if you're thinking about writing a book on how to approach it, what to do about that approach, why it's important to think about that approach, what are some of the key things that you wanna remember as you build your business. So if you're a health coach, you're a life coach, you're a business coach, this advice, this uh, story, this narrative, this everything that he shares is going to be highly valuable for you. What Sean's gonna talk about is going to change the way you view your business. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling confused, if you're getting unsure about what you should and shouldn't do, if you're feeling like, hey, you're trying to start and build your brand and you're getting nowhere, if you're thinking about building a brand behind your name, starting a podcast, starting writing a book, this podcast is for you. This episode is for you. So if you're a coach that is thinking about starting a podcast, running this business successfully, writing a book, creating programs, actually coaching people, this podcast episode is for you. In today's podcast, we're bringing you Sean Stevenson, the creator of the Model Health Show. Hi, Sean. I'm so pumped that you took the time out right between your finishing the book and yes. going for your son's game, just taking that time out to coming down here and talking to us. It's that healthy hustle, you yeah. know. <laughs> I yeah. see, I see, I see. So I know I know a ton about you, but yeah. for the people that may be watching this and they may be like, hmm, the sound sounds very familiar, or I've maybe heard the name. Yeah. Why don't you tell a little bit about yourself? Sure, yeah, yeah. So I got into this space in, in entrepreneurship 
you know, people get in for different reasons. Some people just want to build something. Some people want to, you know, change the world. Some people want to, um, you know, just to, to, they have a love of growing something. For me, and some people are just unemployable. Let's make that clear too, you know. <laughs> But for me, sometimes you end up in entrepreneurship out of desperation, you know, and kind of, that's my story, plus being unemployable as well. Uh, actually, it's so funny. My first job, which was for a lot of people's fast food, which is the antithesis of what I am today, you know, but even there, like I didn't want to conform to the system. Like you're, you're in the back, you flip the burgers, you make the fries, no questions. I literally, I'm back there. I invented my own burger, right? I'm just <laughs> like, no guys, you got to try this. Nobody came to McDonald's for your burger, Sean. They didn't come for the McShawn, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I just didn't want to conform into that box. Like again, preview to being unemployable. But, um, you know, for me getting into space, I initially went to college pre-med and I was like, just because I thought I should be a doctor, you know, and I know that's instilled in your culture as well. Just like, it's a, it's a, it's a big thing to aspire towards, right? But I had no examples of what that looked like except television. That's why I thought I should do it. I was actually the first person in my family to graduate from college. And so, very early on, fortunately, within the first half of the semester, I realized that I actually detested science. Like I, I would feel sick. You know, I hated it so much. I would have bad dreams even years later about going to biology class. <laughs> now today I love it, it's my passion, but it was the way that I was being taught. It was just like so abstract, so di disconnected from me. And, uh, but cut to, you know, I changed into another major but fate, you know, if you believe in that sort of thing, it had other plans for me. And um, it was uh, about two years later, I got diagnosed with this devastating spinal condition. And so essentially I had arthritis in my spine. So it was degenerative bone disease and degenerative disc disease. And so my two hernia, my two discs in my back, my L4, L5, S1, uh, ruptured as well because of the instability in my spine. So I was in a lot of pain. And my physician at the time told me there was no cure which is to tell a 20, I was 20 years old at the time that you have an incurable illness, it's pretty devastating. And just to fast forward the story a little bit, uh, about two years went by, gained a lot of weight. I uh, was definitely just depressed. My identity of being this healthy athlete was gone. And um, I was lost, man. But thankfully, and this, was, this is the thing about this for a lot of people, oftentimes the worst thing you've ever been through is the best thing that's ever happened to you. And so it was like ripe with gifts. But at the time, you could not have told me that. But it enabled me to actually take responsibility for my life, which I had never really done before. You know, we're always pointing fingers and putting stuff off on other people. And for me, I was putting my, the responsibility of my health off on my physicians. And so it hit me like a ton of bricks one night when I was sitting on the edge of my bed about to take my pills to knock me out so I could sleep through the night. And because my pain was so bad. And I realized that all of these experts I saw told me the same thing, that there's nothing I could do. Why am I believing them? You know, why am I listening to them when they're saying I can't do anything? And the worst thing that you can do is to do nothing, right? And so I put a plan together and that plan entailed three things. I changed the way that I was eating because at the time I was on what I call the tough diet, typical university food. And so my body was at least made of like 6% Papa John's, like at least, you know? And so I changed the stuff that I was feeding my cells, right? And I changed my movement practices from next to nothing to just doing something. I started walking, riding a stationary bike, 
And I changed my sleep was super important because if you're not sleeping, you're not healing. Uh, cut to uh, about six weeks later, I had lost almost 20 pounds. I lost 18 pounds and my pain was gone that I've been experiencing for two years every day. And I was just like, I was afraid though. I was afraid that it would come back, but I just proceeded. I kept doing the things that I was doing and my entire body transformed. And being at college, people saw this transformation and they started coming up to me like, what did you do? Like, cause I looked like a really sick person before and then I was just glowing. And my professors started to ask me like, what did you do? Can you help me? Fellow students, mm -hmm. uh, faculty at the school, you know, uh, you know, the lunch people. And they all became my first clients, right? We started working, working together in the gym. I got certified as a personal trainer, changed all my uh, courses back to health and biology. And once I graduated, I opened a practice as a, a clinical nutritionist. And so from that, my entrepreneurship journey took a leap when I started to teach classes, you know, nutrition classes, start to be invited to speak on stage. I had this, I, I, I've never said this before, but I guess a gift for communication of these things. And at some point though, working with people one-on-one, -on -one, I realized that this isn't scalable. Like there's so many people I wanna help. I can't do this by myself. I need to help other people who are helping people. This was a huge breakthrough for me because I definitely have what I refer to as lone wolf syndrome. Like I'm, I have a tendency towards that to just like put it all on my shoulders. You know, I'm gonna save the world and it's really stupid. You know, like if I'm really gonna make the biggest impact possible, it's gonna be with and through other people. And so I was like, um, I need to write this down, like the stuff that I was doing. So I started to like create little books. Mm -hmm. And um, and my first, I actually published a book which shall remain nameless about 10 years ago, you know, and I like had a book opening party and signing and all stuff. And people will still message me on social media, like every few, couple of weeks, they'll find this book at like, uh, five cent library or something, you know, he's like, this book changed my life. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I didn't know, yeah. you know, but um, it, again, it taught me the process, right. Of like, of writing. And, you know, the next book was a major published book and all that good stuff. But um, just to put a bow on the story with the entrepreneurship side for people, um, I was at an event speaking, which if you haven't got this by now, everybody, you need to make sure you go to live events. This is where just unexplainable things happen, you know, getting in the environment. And I just gotten off stage and this couple came up to me and they said that they had just started a podcast and they were looking for somebody to be like the face, the resident nutritionist of this podcast. And I had just launched my website like maybe three months earlier, we maybe had like a hundred unique visitors a day or something. Mm -hmm. Cause we all have this mindset as entrepreneurs. It's like, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. It just, <laughs> this is not Kevin Costner, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and so they came up to me and they told me this and they were like telling me about their, their business and their site. There's like, they have a million unique visitors to their website. And this was back in like 2012, 2011. And they were like, so we're starting this podcast and we'd love if you come on board. And I thought about it a while and I was like, yeah, let's do it. But in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck was a podcast? Like, what is a podcast? Like, I had no idea what it was. And so I got a uh, uh, Yeti microphone, laptop, started recording these podcasts. And I did everything by myself in the beginning and ended up getting a couple hundred thousand downloads over the course of a year or so, which was huge back then. 
And we amicably parted ways um, because I was really building their brand and I mm -hmm. wasn't really fully getting to be authentically 1000% me, which is really special about the Model Health Show. And so that's when I started the Model Health Show. Uh, I think it was 2014. And everything changed from there. And of course, we could talk about that because it's become the really the umbrella that everything else has fallen mm -hmm. under. So that's my story. Wow, that's a fascinating story. And I'll tell you why it's so fascinating because I feel there were so many points within that story until now, and we haven't even gotten to the Model Health Show where you made so many brave decisions, it seems like. It's like kind of going, hey, my, uh, my doctor says it's not gonna work out, but I'm gonna go try something and completely change the reality so much so that other people are asking me, what the hell are you doing and how are you doing that? That's a brave thing to do right there to kind of get out of your reality in a way and say, I'm gonna change this reality because I'm just not gonna accept who or what this is doing to me right now. And then going into speaking on stage and doing the, the whole uh, nutritional thing, getting a podcast, which probably had a lot of downloads, that means because you were saying those people were already pretty famous up there, like with a million downloads and the visits and everything and saying, yeah, you know what? This is not authentic to me. This is not right. As much as I said yes at the time, this is great and it was great for what it was, but it's not true to me. And giving up on that because that meant you kind of lost some level of engagement, fame or whatever that is that was associated to that thing that you were doing and saying, you know what? It's not true to me. I'm going to do something else and build something up from scratch. This is, those are brave moments from, from where I see it. What I want to ask you is what is it that was going through your head at the time when you were going to take that brave step? The reason why I asked that is because a lot of our community are people who are new coaches or experienced coaches, but they're transitioning. They experience yeah. people who want to transition into coaching or leaders who are getting into actually being able to support other people. Yeah. But they have to take that brave step of finally saying no to something and yes to something else. And that's a, that's a, that's a tough gig. So it'll be very inspiring to hear how you processed it. Yeah, yeah. That's such a great question. Um, I mean, of course, initially for me, and there's different types of coaching, obviously. And that's what it began with. And I think we need to develop. Brave is such a perfect word. I even named my son. His name means brave, you know, Brayden. Oh. Like it's a big thing in my life is bravery. Because, you know, we get it really twisted in our minds that, you know, the fear that we feel is that means that we're not brave. Everybody feels fear. I was just with the number one. He is the number one motivational speaker in the world, Eric Thomas. I was just with him and he shared that even today, like he's he gets paid six figures to, to do what he does. Right. And most recognizable like voice, there's videos. He's, he still gets nervous. Right. When he's about to get on stage. And it's not because he's not confident, it's because he cares, right? And so it's readjusting those feelings that we feel. So for me, even when I feel a sense of fear, it's more like uh, excitement, right? Like I'm excited, like I'll just reframe it and say it differently. So um, early on, that step of bravery, it started with, like I was in fear of somebody asking me to help them. I'm like, okay, like, and, and also they said, this was crazy. So the very first client that I had, it was a friend of mine's sister from high school that ended up going to the same college as me. And she saw this transformation. She was like, can you help me? Like, I've done all this stuff and nobody's been able to help me. I was like, absolutely, I'll help you. And I was just going to go meet her at the gym the next day. And then she was like, well, how much should I pay you? And I was like, 
oh shit, she, <laughs> she's gonna pay me? It blew my mind. That made me nervous. Now it's just like, she's gonna pay me to do something I really have to. And, but here's the crazy thing, what I said, I was like, $7? I said $7. And so it was like $7 a session. You know, and that's where it started, man. And from there, I went to 10 eventually with other people and 20 and, you know, just went up from there. But, um, you know, I was I was nervous because I wanted to do a good job, you know, mm -hmm. and that's part of the thing that debilitates us, too, is our wanting to do a good job often means we want to be perfect. And there is no such thing, you know, that per perfectionism is a direct barrier to execution. It's a direct barrier to real success. Anybody who's trying to do stuff perfectly is not making big progress. And so I just had to get in it, you know, and it really started, the, the confidence really grew as you help a couple of people. And so for a lot of us, we also have the idea like, am I, I don't know if I'm qualified enough. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I need to go back to school or whatever it is, or uh, we have these stories that we tell ourselves and we have, if they're involved with what you're doing, they're getting the training. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I just saw somebody the other day, she's killing it, killing on social media, mm -hmm. over a million followers, all that good stuff. And she listens to the sh to my show. And which is crazy when I meet these people, you know, that are out there, just like they, they tell me this. And she was like, I'm, I really wanna, like you inspired me, like I wanna have my own podcast. She was like, but I feel like you're doing it. And I don't know if I'm qualified to, I'm just like, stop, stop, stop. You have already impacted and reached so many people you are not me. You have a different perspective, a different voice, a different set of experiences. And you're going to be able to communicate with people in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. And you already have such a huge advantage because you have this audience over here. And that's another thing. I'm just going to throw this out there for people. I'm very big on building one platform, mm -hmm. right? There's a concept from my good friend, Pat Flynn, be everywhere. Pat doesn't even do that, you know, but <laughs> he has a presence everywhere, but he focused on dominating one thing. I focus on podcast domination and that made it. And by the way, so that's just like, well, I can't do that. It means I can't do Twitter. That means I can't. You can do that stuff. But if you focus on one thing and become masterful in one thing, it's much easier to pivot to the other thing. Mm -hmm. So I took my, you know, we have almost somewhere around like 50 million downloads, one show a week. And I pivot that into Instagram, which I was just like literally, it's even now super random. But I think we're getting close to 100,000 followers now. And I'm not even really even paying attention to it just because it's coming over here, mm -hmm. right? Because I built this platform, mm -hmm. you know, so get good at one thing and that'll enable you to pivot. And so just to close the point with the bravery, um, you know, Perfectionism is, it's a real thing, you mm -hmm. know? And so we need to acknowledge when we're doing that to ourselves and trying to do things too perfectly. That stopped me from getting my first book out because every time I'd go back and do the reread, I'd change a bunch of stuff. Mm. That's because you're going back and looking at things with updated knowledge. Like it's never gonna be good enough. You just need to get it out there. And then the real work with books specifically, we were talking a little bit about that, is the part that happens afterwards. Books are not very lucrative. It's your speaking, it's your coaching. You have this, just in the minds of the public, if you are an author, like you've taken the time to put your experience and your knowledge into this book form, you're about that life, you're about mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And now you can use that as something to build your platform and to really make money from there. Mm -hmm.
That is so powerful, and and I'm so with you. That's one of the things that we we talk about so much here at Evercoach is we constantly remind people, hey, listen, I know you're listening, everybody, and you're going, I should do this, and then I should do this, and I should get on this platform and that platform because like Pat Flynn, like Gary Vaynerchuk, all these guys talk about how they want to be present on every platform, and that's all about being on every platform. But these guys got teams. Like they're not, yeah, they they're not solopreneurs. That. They're not doing it themselves. They got a whole team recording, editing, putting it all together mastering a platform companies like our companies like evercoach mind value we're on all the platforms but we got teams uh we got people handling that i'm not doing it i can't possibly crush it on all platforms and like you uh, we sometimes are maybe present on a platform but we know we are not doing anything for it it's just happening because we have a different platform that's doing well so it can like catapult that and add on to that so thank you so much for re-establishing that and, and I love the point that you just mentioned about how books are a great lead-in. It's not about the book, it's about what follows on yes, to the book. Yes. So let's first get into a little bit, I, I wanna get it back a little bit in the Model Health Show, and then I wanna come back to this topic a little bit because I think there's a curiosity that's there on how really you thought about it and how do you process all of that. But before that, let's get back to your story where we were talking about the Model Health Show. You starting this podcast, you went out in the world, what was your thought process? Of course, this was something that you wanted to do because it was aligned to you. Yeah. But then what happened? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw the power of it. That's the thing. You know, for me, I was speaking and, you know, on stages and I could see the power of it firsthand. And so doing the podcast with those other folks, I could see and hear the feedback and the stories from people and the messages. And it's just like, man, this is really a powerful medium. And I also something, saw something really remarkable in what makes podcasts as huge as they are today. And it's still, I think the podcast is like a toddler right now. Mm -hmm. It's like not even fully, you know, there's a lot more room to grow. But this was a medium that people can do while they don't, and they don't have to stop their life, right? You can listen to podcasts while you drive. You can listen to podcasts while you're at the gym. You can listen to podcasts while you're doing the laundry. You can listen to podcasts if you're just sitting back chilling. You know, and so this was something I got to go with people. And even right now, as we're sitting here, just since the beginning of the show, thousands upon thousands of people have been listening to my show. Mm -hmm. And they're with, I'm with them all over the world right now with whatever they're doing. And so it's such a remarkable medium. And I was like, man, like, this is my, this is my path. Like, this is the thing. And I want to continue to give people gifts and, and value and insight and education through this medium. And... People kept telling me about my voice, you know, mm -hmm. and I never thought about it because it's my voice. You know? <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't want to be one of those people that like I, I, I have a face for radio. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but we are doing video now, by the way. Model Health Show is on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but and I was just like, wow, well, that is it's something like let me let me go with that. Let me lean into that a little bit because they actually was making me a little bit uncomfortable, to be honest. It's like, ah, you know, like people were just. Like, you know, the people what people would say, you know, and I was just like, wow, well, people seem to enjoy my voice. So I need to like, give more, you know, like and so see, I'm getting kind of getting a little bashful about it. I'm sorry, because, um, you know, I get the like, just but you have a beautiful voice. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. It's a good thing to have. You're utilizing your strong suit that just yeah. shows up for you. It's great. Yeah, it's so funny. I'm just thinking about the comments, man. You know, people was like, uh, 
what do people say? It's like caramel melted onto a, a, an umbrella. <laughs> I don't know, some crazy stuff onto a cloud or something. But um, you know, just seeing that this was a great medium for me, and also what are the holes in other people's game too? When I got into it, I could see that there was some great information out there, but it was often very dry and boring, like what we were taught in school. Like this is why it doesn't connect for a lot of kids, you know, like what what happened with me. Um, and then the other side, there was like people who were super ed, uh, entertaining, mm-hmm. but they weren't really delivering like the life changing content. Like I'm very big on how to, I'm very big on action steps in addition to, you know, the edutainment piece, you know, mm-hmm. and I was throwing that word into, into the lexicon long before I really even knew what it was. Right. Mm-hmm. And with the show, just kind of being an early thing um, from the very beginning. I think the big thing with the, even just kind of taking a step back on the bravery, um, there wasn't anybody that really looked like me that was doing it as well. So Mm -hmm. like that was different. That was a little bit uncomfortable and something that I had to be conscientious of. And like, you know, I want to lift, uplift other people, inspire other people who don't have the kind of corporate, you know, vibe to them. I'm being very much authentically who I am you know, on my show, minus the cussing, you know, because I know they people listen with their kids or whatever. But everything else is a thousand percent me, my personality. Mm -hmm. This is who I am with my family. This is who I am with my friends. I'm myself. And the right people are going to connect with that. But that is scary as hell. Like to tell people to be yourself and like people to actually do it. Because in our minds, we're like, I'm weird. Like I'm really weird. You don't understand. People would not like this level of weirdness, but they will like the right people will connect with it, you know? And so it, it's the most, makes me feel so good when people are like leaving messages about these little subtle things I'll say about like a 90s R&B song or something like that. I'll mm-hmm. weave into it, you know? And they're like, I got that Sean new edition or whatever. And just like, <laughs> you know, those are the things that make me who I am. And also the way that I look, like when I started off online, I was trying to write you know, in a scholarly fashion, you know, as an mm-hmm. academic, you know, just to show mm-hmm. that I can. And even mm-hmm. sometimes in my speaking and even in that early show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not me. That's just. And so even the way that I dress, like I'm mm-hmm. not going to be the guy that's like with the button, you know, with the whole thing like that. That doesn't make me comfortable. Like I want to be myself. And so I really this is the most thing that I'm most proud of is just changing the paradigm of mm-hmm. what a healer looks like, of changing the paradigm of what. Uh, an educated man looks like, of changing the paradigm of what uh, a loving, caring, kind person looks like, you know? Uh, Because when people see me, they're automatically not going to think like, that guy definitely has the number one health show in the world. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But all they have to do is listen for five seconds and I got you, you know? And so um, it just, it, it created a container for me to pour my devotion into, you know? Because as people know who do listen to the show, if it's a solo episode, which I do master classes myself, and then I bring on the very best people in their respective fields. But if it's a solo episode, I might put 20, 30 hours of research into one episode, in addition to my lifetime of research and mm-hmm. the work that I've done, you know, to give a master class, like the definitive guide on that subject matter. So uh, one of the recent ones, for example, uh, was on water and hydration, like mm-hmm. literally digging in and breaking down like what does it actually mean like how does the water get into your cell like Mm -hmm. that level 
of distinction and like what is the difference between all these different types of water and even mm -hmm. when we say water we're not even talking about the same thing mm -hmm. it's a chemical structure h2o but that doesn't actually exist in nature anywhere it's mm -hmm. always h2o with other substances dissolved into it because mm -hmm. it's the universal solvent mm -hmm. and so just like breaking all that stuff down for people in a way that's fun insightful and they walk away feeling like they are freaking genius and mm -hmm. not that i'm the genius Mm -hmm. And they feel empowered. Like that's, they gave me the opportunity to do that because that's what I want to do. That's my gift. Mm -hmm. There is so much that was packed into that little bit that you gave. And I want to unpack that a little bit. So firstly, the whole dialogue off, and I'm so glad you said it, is often the misconception of people thinking, who are you to do this? Or nobody like me looks like this yeah. doing this stuff. Yeah. Because it is so important in today's time. It's yeah. so vital. And just previously on another podcast, I was I was I was recording with somebody else, and a story came up in 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 a con in different context, which is my personal story in the same context. Because people who look like me don't do things like I do, and for that matter, when I first started in, in this journey, when I started EverCoach as a platform, the the first dialogue that I got from the community is, "Who are you to start a dialogue? You're a brown." man with an accent, uh, this is the turf for white middle-aged females, uh, literally like told it is not gonna work for you, nobody's gonna connect with you, you're, you're not gonna win this, don't do it. Like, and these are people who, you know, when you go into an industry, you're like, these are the legends, I look yeah, up to them, yeah. look at them and that's, you know, I like, get inspired and I got a chance to sit down with a few of them and they totally like, absolutely said it's not gonna work, the platform's just gonna crash and burn. It's like four years ago when we yeah. just started it. Um, and I was just like, that's so, that's so wrong. And I'm so grateful that you have also broken that mold in many ways. Like you don't expect this, but there you go. Yeah. I'll prove you wrong also for humanity, not just for my purpose, yeah. but for as human beings, that's not right to say, that's not right to expect. Yeah. I'm not the color of my skin. I am who I am or, or what is the color of the skin? It's just which area you bought of the, I think it's the melanin in your body or something yeah. like that, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. that's all it is. Like, it's not really what differentiates us in any way. So, so I'm so glad that you did what you did because I think you've broken that mold and created expectations for a lot of people. So thank you for doing what you thank did. You, man. And I'm glad that. I got you to come on this platform because a lot of our watchers right now may be thinking that they don't fit the mold. Yeah. They don't fit the expectation of the world and they can now see that it's not, there is no mold. There is no rule here that, that, that is to be followed. So thank you. Yeah, I want to acknowledge I receive that. that. Thank you so much for that acknowledgement. Absolutely. And secondly, I want to also highlight what you said just in passing, like while preparing for your solo episodes, you put 20 hours of work beyond your life's work to just prepare that masterclass because you're so dedicated to elevating every single person that listens to it. So they feel smart after they have done it, after they watched it or listened to it, depending on the platform. And that is that shows some level of commitment that you have to every episode that you put out. And that's what I want to leave as a reminder and a note in the minds of the people that are listening and watching right now to go listen. It's never over where your research is done. You are you've done this 300 episodes is what you said. No, more than almost that. 400, 400 yeah. episodes once a week. Yeah, once almost a week, 400. So. That's yeah. a long span. Yeah. yeah. That after 400 episodes, you're still putting in the hours yeah. to create the best episode. That's the next episode. Yeah. Right. And that's how you create a transformative brand and a transformative podcast and a story and a brand and a person that that you are today. So I want to also leave that as a footnote for everybody that's listening and watching to remember it's never over. 
You're yeah. always progressing and you're always moving forward. Now, with that, I want to circle into coming in the whole book story. Sure, so yeah. you have a bestseller already out in the market, Sleep Better, uh, Sleep Smarter, sorry. And you have the next one coming up in 2020. I don't know if I'm allowed to reveal yeah, the name. Yep, yep. Eat Smarter. Eat Smarter. Okay. And that's coming up in a couple of months from yeah. when this will be released. So tell us a little bit about how that impacted your business journey. So a little bit more context of a business because this is the Business of Coaching yeah. podcast. Let's talk about how business gets impact, uh, impacted when you create great, outstanding content. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing too. It's just, and I was just talking about this today with my wife. This cannot be stressed enough. Content is king. Like people say this, but it, it is the truth. Like, and especially today where there's so much content, you creating number one consistent content that people can come to expect that you got some stuff coming and also consistently excellent content is really the key. You know, put people put out mass volume of just chitty stuff, right? I said chitty, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But then some people take forever to put out one piece of, and sometimes it works for both of them, mm -hmm. you know, because there are people tuned in to just see every, some certain people's just what they're eating for breakfast and how they brush their teeth or what kind of tooth, whatever. And then there's people like uh, my friend Prince EA, right mm -hmm. who takes up like maybe it might be a month before he puts out this epic treatise on whatever the subject matter is you know like uh our digital connection uh separation from ourselves you know our community but being more online and not really connecting uh offline so he, he did a great job with those kind of things so there's these two different worlds but i think that for most of us it's going to be a middle ground Right, where you're putting out consistent content, but you're really putting some time and effort into creating something nice. And for me with the show and then pivoting into the book, this was huge, man. The number, well, there's so many things I just wanna say number one about, but <laughs> building a platform enables you to give your, your services, your products, right? Me having my podcast created it so, because in the beginning I was still working in my clinical practice. It created a situation where I had too many people to work with. It was just overwhelming. And people from all over the world wanted to work with me. You know, like Skype, people wanted to fly in from, you know, I had a guy come in from Malaysia, funny mm -hmm. enough, you know. <laughs> and, but it just became too much. Like there's only one me. And so for me creating a book, but now I've got this platform to distribute that book through. I don't gotta get out and have my book shaking, you know, on the, you know, on the sidewalk, like, hey, buy my book. Mm -hmm. um, I have this audience who want the book already. Right. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> there's a couple of things here. Number one, with if, if anybody does feel like they want to have a book to support their coaching pro process, I want you to know this very, very clearly right now. I'm sharing something with you that I haven't really talked about publicly before. I, I am 95% sure that I will, for my next book, I'm going to self-publish. All right. Mm -hmm. I've done the traditional publishing. I've done self-publishing. Mm -hmm. There are no gatekeepers anymore. Right. Major publishers, they what's the big thing going through them? Distribution. You can get your own distribution. Pat Flynn's a great example. Mm -hmm. He just released his latest book. It's in Barnes and Noble. It's an Amazon bookstore. Everywhere you buy books, he's he's got a distribution to get it in airports. Mm -hmm. All right. They are no longer gatekeeper. Okay. It's just for your ego. Mm -hmm. If you want to sell books and keep your money from your books self-publish the book and yeah. you've got all the tools to do it. Amazon, obviously print on demand, yeah. right? So I'm just throwing it out there. You don't have to try to get a book deal, but for some people that could be their thing. 
You know, they just don't want to deal with none of that stuff. And they just want a major published book deal. How do you do that? Major companies, they don't want a great book necessarily. They do, you know, they want a good book. They want a platform. Yeah. Right? Because this is the thing they can't get. They can get books. They want somebody with a platform. That's where they're throwing out money. In reality, everything is changing so quickly now. Like radio. What happened to radio? You know, same thing. Um, blockbuster video, right? Um, mom and pop restaurants. I literally just went to a restaurant that I've been to several times uh, in Santa Monica whenever I come here, you know, coming into town. And my friend who's lived in Santa Monica for like 10 years, he goes to this restaurant all the time. We were walking to go to the restaurant, closed down. Mm -hmm. Mom and pop type spot, DoorDash, mm -hmm. right? People are like, I'm not going out. Why? I can yeah. order any food I want and watch Netflix. <laughs> you have to adapt. You yeah. have to adapt. And so with that said, and I just started rambling out ideas for these companies. Like you can do a DoorDash special if you're a mom and pop restaurant. You can mm -hmm. do like... Uh, have live music come in or what I don't know you could just start to you got to change you got to adapt yeah. to get people in um, but with the book publishing industry again this is another with self-publishing being as big as it is it's hanging on mm -hmm. okay so just keep that in mind keep that in your in your mind you can create a book how do you go about doing that I'll just share a couple of quick tips um, this is just going back to basic stuff in school all mm -hmm. right uh, the the number one thing I would say is to simply just create an outline. Just create an outline, like what would the chapters look like? And it's just, I call it a skeleton, right? And then you flesh it out as you go. But just simply creating an outline. And the one of the most important parts is um, it's not necessarily, even with a talk, I don't think people spend enough time on the end mm -hmm. of the talk, right? The end of the talk is in some sense the more the most important. If you can think from the end, if you think from the end of the book backwards, mm -hmm. right? And just kind of fill in stuff from that. Like what is the ultimate des destination want people to get to, you know? And um, my first version of Sleep Smarter, which has now become an international bestseller, um, it's, I think it's translated in like 19 languages now. And man, it's crazy. But I self-published it first. And it was a different version of what it is today. And it was very much like punchy one to two pages there's 21 tips mm -hmm. all clinically proven to help people sleep better mm -hmm. you can do that mm -hmm. you can come up with 10 tips to help your clients in whatever domain and it doesn't have to be the epic treatise it doesn't have to be uh, mm -hmm. the odyssey you mm -hmm. know to try to like communicate this point and so that's what i did and we sold like 15,000 copies on our own mm -hmm. on the hustle muscle just mm -hmm. sharing getting out on podcasts getting out and speaking but because we did that, all the major publishers, like the big five, started trying to recruit me or get me on board like I'm an athlete. Like they're mm -hmm. throwing out, you know, they're trying to send, you know, um, I'm not going to say strippers. To, you know, but, you know, they're, they're trying to <laughs> yeah, seduce trying me, to do, you know. Get, get the book somehow in their court instead of being on just your court or somebody exactly. else's court. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it came from, if I would have thought differently then, like I could have just kept going doing my thing. Because me selling those copies through Amazon changed my life. Changed mm -hmm. my life before the major publishing. Because now I'm getting this big check from Amazon that changed my the structure of my family, my home. Mm -hmm. You know, taking us out of that like just kind of getting by, everything's okay, to like now we can really do what we want to do, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And um, but getting a huge advance from a major publisher, which is a dream for some people, you have to build a platform to get that. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's something that is your goal, but you want to think in more of a mid to long term, you'll make a lot more money holding the rights because really me giving up the rights to my book, I can't do what I want with Sleep Smarter. I can't give away the audio book and uh, if you buy the, the physical book, like those are some things I might want to do. It's like when a, a, an artist, like a recording artist doesn't own their masters, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you know, uh, when a rapper like um, uh, Nas, he didn't own his masters. And so all these other people were making money off of him and he's just getting by trying to do shows just to, just to make money. Yeah. And I thought about him because I remember he met Prince and Prince and he was talking about trying to do a song with Prince and Prince was like, no, not until you own your masters. Right. He, <laughs> he was so adamant about him owning his stuff. You know, Prince did the whole like change his name and all this because he couldn't get the rights to his own stuff. Yeah. So this is a little bit of a venting here, I think. Yeah. But I just want people to know that there is no barrier yeah. for you and you can make money with the book itself. You can make mm-hmm. money in speaking your speaking rates will go up because you now have a book whether it's through your speaking fees or whether it's you selling books at events mm-hmm. a lot of my deals you know for speaking events in uh past couple of years it'll be in my speaking fee and you also buy a few hundred copies and we do a book signing mm-hmm. they love the book signings all right the events mm-hmm. love if you take the time and sit down and meet everybody and mm-hmm. sign the book and have that commu- they love it Mm-hmm. You know, but you can't do that if you've got, you know, a, a pamphlet. I don't know yeah. if you've got some um, uh, some buttons to give yeah. away. Like yeah. where my where my uh, smiley face button. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to have something to for people to walk away with. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And I actually my first book is self published, and we still keep the rights of it because it's called a book of coaching. Mm. And we were like, there's no point signing a mainstream author or sorry publisher with it anyways because it's such a niche book. And we've sold like at this point, I think in the past two years, we've sold like thirty thousand copies of those yeah. because awesome. it's it's so segmented. So yeah. it's anyway, it doesn't serve everybody. It serves a very small community of people, which is coaches, which is maybe a hundred thousand in the world, or two hundred thousand in the world. We reach thirty percent of them in, indirectly. Uh, but what I love about books, uh, and what I'm sure you will acknowledge as well, is when somebody takes that book, takes it home, reads the book, that association that they now have. Yeah as you being the person that taught them how to sleep smarter, they're never giving up on that podcast or the next speaking gig or the next program you come up with or whatever that is that you're doing because now you are the person that taught them how to sleep smarter, right? And so that's, I think that is the real juice of a book as well. Once it's out in the world, it could be just a thousand copies sold, doesn't matter. Those thousand people, let's say 50% of them read it, those 500 people, now you got them. They are willing to have a conversation if you're willing to have a conversation, right? Oh, yeah, so. definitely. You know, um, I, you know, with social media, you can see the tags and all this stuff. And, you know, people share their stories as well. And the, the biggest driving force still today, in my opinion, for coaches is referrals. Mm-hmm. And True. because that's when other people do the selling for you. And mm-hmm. so you having a book that people can share with other people. Um, or something. It doesn't. I, I'm, I'm going kind of hard on the books because it's just something that's been very successful for me. But you've got to have something that other people can share. So it could be a podcast, mm-hmm. right? That's how it started for me. Uh, but something that other people can share with other people to get them warm, right? To get them warmed up to you, so you're not trying to sell. Not that selling is bad. 
It's just that today people don't want to be sold to. Like where they're getting sold to 24-7. Um, it's more so like them inviting themselves in. And that's what happens over and over and over again once people read your book or they listen to your podcast or they watch your YouTube videos, whatever it is. But you've got to pick a platform. And obviously the coaching part, you, you're going to, you're already great at it, or you're going to become world-class at it at some point just by you getting in and doing the reps. But for that to happen, you need to connect with more people and people are so distracted. Everybody's online doing stuff. You've got to put content online in some form or fashion. Could be through blogging and blogging is not dead. It could be through, um, YouTube could be through social media. Uh, and one other aspect with the books that I want to make sure to mention is it is one of the most powerful email list builders. And there's a statement in online business that the money is in, in the list. The money is in the list. That is a complete and total fact. That is where there's one. If you have an email list, because Instagram can kick you off. Apple yeah. can kick us off. They can, you know, burn up and just be gone, you know. Yeah. But if you have your email list, that is your email list. You need yeah. to build your email list. It needs to be a priority. Mm -hmm. People kept telling me this, all these great, you know, these huge experts over and over and over again. I'm just like, I don't want to, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm, I just want to help people. Yeah. I'm taking away my opportunity to help people and to also give them the specific products, books, services, gifts, whatever it is that I can give them that they're curious about if they listen to my stuff over here. Mm -hmm. You know, I need to have a way that I can connect with them. And so make sure that you are firmly establishing ways to build your email list as well. Everybody yeah. should be building an email list. Yeah. Any way you can communicate with your audience by owning the content that you're going to communicate. Now, I know we can keep talking for hours and hours here because now we can get into the email list conversation or the podcast conversation, but let's save it for another day. For now, Sean, is there something that I should have asked you in the, in the period of this conversation that I totally missed and you would love to address? You know, the, I mean, you're fantastic, man. Like even your memory and just pulling these points out. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's one thing, and I think that people might be a little interested in this, is how did I build the podcast? How did I make it mm. so successful? Yeah, that would be awesome, yeah. And I'll share just three quick things because in the beginning, a lot of times, and I, this is why I love Ma Malcolm Gladwell, like there's a formula to stuff. A lot of times people are good at things, don't realize that they're doing it, right? And so I didn't know what I was doing at first and I didn't want to touch the magic. Like when people would ask me, I'm like, I don't know. It's just, I'm doing it, all right? It's, you know, I, I wouldn't want to talk about it. Now it's just like, it's me, it's who I am. And it's okay that I can dissect and see these different parts and I can embrace them, you know, and even dive fuller into them. And so three quick things. Um, number one, this is, it is definitely a 700,000 podcast now, mm -hmm. you know? So there is a lot of people putting content out, but there is space. There is massive space here. What you need to do is to pick a lane, right? There's this niche down thing. This is super important in this space, right? And the problem is when we do that, we think, well, there's other people that I can help. I get that. I have the model health show. And so we started off, it was just nutrition, Fitness, nutrition, fitness. Now we talk about relationship, health. And I literally, I bring on the person who wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, like John Gray. Like I'll bring on the very best people. We're financial health. We're um, even, you know, business health, right? Mm -hmm. I've been able to pivot 
because I focused and just niched down on this area. I want people to niche down even further. So if you are wanting to start a business podcast or a business coach, what kind of business? Is it marketing? Is it management? Is it leadership? Pick one. Now from there, we can take it at least one step further. So is it marketing for who? Right? Maybe you are, maybe it's marketing for sports or sports agents. Maybe it's marketing for chiropractors. I have a friend of mine who has a marketing for chiropractors podcast and he's making seven figures. All nice. right. He mm. ne- early, he niched down, picked it, and he's not even a chiropractor. He's not a chiropractor. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we're just like, and guess what? He can help other people with his influence, with his, with his growth, growth, with his reach. But he has that thing. He got in and dominated that one thing. Become the the domination conversation of that thing, right? Um, so when people think of that subject, they think of you. You know, so it could be, you know, uh, maybe you're a health coach, weight loss for, um, you know, moms over fifty, you know, or you know, gram- grandmas over sixty, or um, you know. Specific for athletes, right? College athletes podcast. Like when people hear their name or their their family hears that name, I promise they're going to connect with you, right? I have that. I was just speaking at an event uh, a couple weeks ago, and this guy blew up, and his business is so incredible. He's a legend in the space. From him deciding to bring strength and conditioning into volleyball, which it wasn't a thing back when he started. I remember even when I went to high school, there was no strength and conditioning. You just play football. You go to the gym sometimes to lift some weights, but you play football. Now every school has strength conditioning program for every sport, Mm -hmm. right? He was doing this and what happened was it was high school athletes, volleyball, and it was, they don't have the money it's their parents. As soon as they heard high school athlete strength conditioning to help them to get scholarships, it blew his stuff up. He had, he thought maybe he'd get like twenty people because he'd put these you know uh, emails out. Yeah, it's, it, it got flooded. Like it was a at the time he had an old school voice machine. What is it called? Yeah. Is that called yeah. a voice machine? Voicemail. Voicemail. Voice no, voice is that voicemail? Yeah. Answering machine. Answering machine. It's an oh, answering yeah, yeah, yeah. machine. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> not that long ago (laughs) but he thought he'd get maybe 20 messages 200 messages 200 messages because they're hearing them specifically so that's number one is to pick a niche drill down a little bit you're still going to be able to help other people but pick something to be the person at that thing Uh, number two this is going to sound maybe you've heard this before but i hopefully you hear this differently the number one thing that set me apart from other people who started a podcast when I did, is I didn't quit. Hmm. That's it. I didn't stop doing it. Especially in the beginning, it's slow going. You have no right to have, you know, 100,000 listeners, you know, especially if you don't have an audience and a platform yet. And so, but I was doing this as if I had a million people listening to my show then, from episode one. And I, perf- and I performed and I carried myself as if I'm reaching a million people. It wasn't like that for a year. It wasn't like that for a year and a half. Then, man, like something happened. And it just like, literally, I can see the graph. Boom. Huge spike, right? And then it's the same thing. Boom. Huge spike. Be Captain Consistency, right? Mm-hmm. This is the most consistent thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. Outside of like loving my family, my wife, you know. But just keep 
doing it. Don't stop. If you if you are passionate about it, if you want to start a podcast, just keep doing it. Other people are going to quit. Don't quit. Tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of podcasts have quit. I just didn't stop. So that's number two. I'll share one more. Um, I would say cooperation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cooperation is, is super important. This is one of the biggest ways I grew my show because a lot of times we'll see individuals in your space, like other coaches, as mm-hmm. competition, mm-hmm. right? When in actuality, they're uh, great for cooperation, mm-hmm. but you can still compete against them, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I have incredible friends who also have these top shows, funny enough, but it's because we have these shows, you know. Um, uh, Lewis Howes, uh, Dave Asprey, um, who else? Uh, Abel James, Dr. Mark Hyman, all these people are my friends, but I want to beat them. Mm-hmm. I want to beat them, right? Okay. But I also want them to win. I want to support them. Mark just emailed me yesterday. He's got a new thing. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to promote the hell out of it because I believe in him and I believe he's going to help a lot of people through me. If he becomes number one, so what? I'm going to keep coming for you, but I have to I have to support him because it's the right thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's cooperation. Like I'm going to cooperate and help and serve, but I also am going to compete to make sure that I'm performing at a high enough level to be, you know, um, to reach more people than you potentially, right? Whatever it is, but cooperation. So work with other people in your space or even that are slightly outside of your space. For example, Mark Hyman is a, a, a medical doctor. I'm a nutritionist, so he's not exactly my thing, but mm-hmm. we have a lot of crossover. Lewis is in like personal development, right? Mm-hmm. But he has a podcast. It's in health because personal development's a part of health, but there's crossover, but there's also competition opportunity. But then there are people who are nutritionists. Like I can, I've even had many nutritionists who I've supported, right? So work on cooperation. Now I'm gonna give you super quick tips for this. Find people who are at the same level or maybe slightly behind or slightly ahead of you. Don't get too big for your britches, mm-hmm. right? If you just started a podcast, you know, um, or you haven't even started the podcast yet mm-hmm. and you want to get Lewis Howes on your show, why would he do that? Number one. Number two, you're, you're messing yourself up because what people think is I'm going to get this super successful person on my show is going to blow my show up. You're missing the opportunity because what you want to do is get some reps under your belt. So when you bring on the big guest, you actually have an audience Mm -hmm. and you have skill at this so that you can do something great that can then possibly go diet viral. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So I'm just Mm -hmm. saying like viral light. It doesn't have to go fully Mm -hmm. viral, but a little viral, right? Mm -hmm. Because you've gotten the reps under your belt. So my very first podcast guest, so my last podcast guest Last two, the one that comes out this week is Eric Thomas, number one motivational speaker on the planet, most watched uh, motivational figure in the world, gets paid six figures to stand on stage and do what he does. Uh, he's helped, you know, millions upon millions upon millions of people. That's a big deal. Before that, Dave Asprey. His stuff is so in, intertwined in culture today, it's absurd. You know, the whole bulletproof brand, right? That's where we're at now. My first guest was an Olympic bronze medalist. Mm-hmm. Not even a silver, mm-hmm. not gold, a bronze medal. 
a bronze medalist in the most obscure sport, mm-hmm. synchronized swimming. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. but she's awesome, by the way. She's awesome. And the conversation was powerful because, but people don't know those stories. Those are the things you want to go for, mm-hmm. right? She was just close to me for me to bring to my audience, right? Mm-hmm. And to get those reps under my belt too, right? Mm-hmm. So reach out, connect with events, online, people who are at your level, just behind, just above, and lift other people up, support other people that are doing a little bit, and they're gonna do the same thing for you. And it's very difficult, it's a little trick here because our minds are still gonna be like, what can I get? It's the thing, that's the one thing that you have to find that switch in your mind, like that Bugs Bunny switch and like turn that shit off. Mm -hmm. You gotta try to shut that down where you're just not attached to the outcome and trying to get, but just being really great at helping other people to shine and look good, right? And so when you do that, good stuff happens. Wasn't that a transformative conversation? You can find more details about Sean in the show notes below. Go ahead and follow him on Instagram and definitely subscribe to the Model Health Show. By the way, if you haven't yet subscribed to the Evercoach podcast, I invite you to subscribe to the Evercoach podcast. If you subscribe, we can notify you every single week as we release a new episode. You're going to love these episodes. We're getting some amazing people to have conversations with us and share some real insight that you can use to change your client's life, your own life, and definitely transform your business. Sean is awesome, and I'm sure you want to appreciate that about him. So go ahead and rate this podcast a five-star because I know we had a five-star conversation with Sean. Leave us a review because we love hearing from you. And here is one better. Once you have done that, go ahead and text me at 323-618-6132. That is 323-618-6132. This phone number is because I realized that when I'm talking on Instagram or on Facebook or in any other channel, I'm talking in front of a lot of people. It's like talking to everybody at the same time and talking in a seminar room and we can't really have a private conversation. I can't give you something that is customized to you. I can't send you an audio message that is only for you. And which is why I love this service that I found, which allows me to be able to communicate with you on a text basis. Again, the phone number where I will be available at is 323-618-6132. I'd love to get a text from you. And hey, listen, this number right now works only for US and Canadian numbers. I'm trying to get it working everywhere globally, but for now, it only works for United States and Canada phone numbers. So go ahead and text me. I'd love to hear from you and um, let's get texting. Thank you so much for listening in today and I'll see you next week. I am your host, Ajit Navlaka, and every week on the Evercoach podcast, I will bring the world's best thinkers, coaches, trainers to share some of their best ideas to solve real client problems, live a prosperous life, and be an even better version of ourselves.